Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show that's on in the afternoon. Uh, we've got a fun show today. Oh, we've got a great show. We've today. got one of our favorite guests back in studio. Absolutely. I got to tell you, yeah, we have so much fun talking to Chuck Mead. Yep, the audience loves when we talk to Chuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, just lots of interesting stuff to talk about and as far as archaeology. Interesting things all over the place, right? Yeah. I know, and they had that big discovery with the boat downtown oh, that he my. was working on. Yeah. Very cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, see what he's been up to, uh, and of course cover your events, give you your horror scopes. Davey's thrilled it's Wednesday. I mean, really? You can't miss Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you want to skip Wednesdays of horoscopes every day? You know, it'd be nice. You know, a nice good customer service for me. <laughs> okay. No, it's good. I like the torture. Let's do it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Man, now I share good. the sign with our county commissioner. That's why, I, you that's know. Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yes. There you go. Scorpio's got it. <laughs> uh, let's start off by telling you about our great friends at Bozard Ford Lincoln. They are celebrating 74, almost 75 years here Amazing. in St. Augustine in Northeast. That's longer than I'm going to be alive. Uh, <laughs> Bozard Ford Lincoln is here for you. You can experience their extensive selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. Quick and quality servicing and their parts and accessories shop that's absolutely second to none. Make sure you grab a signature burger out there at Ford's Garage while you're there. We would always recommend the 904 Now Burger. It is the Jiffy Burger. It's the best Peanut one. butter. Yes. Peanut butter on a burger. So good. People think that's weird until they try it. Elvis Much like it. us, by yeah. the way. They think we're weird until we until they give us <laughs> right. a shot. It's a beautiful disaster. <laughs> until you lean in, you're like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they offer services from home delivery to company fleet servicing. At Bozard Ford Lincoln, your family is their family, and they are driven to inspire. Also, our friends at the Bailey Group, uh, getting enrolled in a health or Medicare health insurance or Medicare plan does not have to be complicated. In fact, it can be quite the opposite. At the Bailey Group, you're going to work with a local insurance advisor. So important to find just the right insurance coverage for your specific needs and budget. Their goal is to make getting covered simple, no added costs, no extra fees. The Bailey Group handles individual health and Medicare corporate benefits and financial needs for their clients. Um, that Medicare window open right now, right? right? Some so of that December enrollment 15th. stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So you definitely want to talk to them about that. Things change year by year. So I promise you there are differences than when you signed up last year. So get with our friends at the Bailey Group. Let them easily walk you through it right. and make the best decision for you. 904-461-1800. <clears throat> and of course, our friends at Ah Mara Med Spa. <laughs> that was slightly aggressive. I know. Still calm, but we, slightly aggressive. Gotta get in there. If you're craving the perfect blend of relaxation and rejuvenation, Ah Mara Med Spa is your answer. From luxurious spa treatments to advanced medical aesthetics, Ah Mara's experts will personalize a plan just for you. Enhance your natural beauty with Botox, dermal fillers, or laser treatments, and a whole lot more. Look at that list of services they got. Even stuff for dudes. Yep. This is not a place you can't go to, dudes. Brotox. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Experience top-notch care in their state-of-the-art facility. Feel refreshed and revitalized at Amara ah, Med Spa. 2100 A1A South Suite 2. Visit them online at theamaramedspa.com. All right, man. Let's get into it. Chuck Mead joining us this afternoon. Chuck, good to see you again, man. How you been? It's, it's great to see you guys. I, I, uh, life is good. I've been pretty good. Well, hey, you've had some pretty cool stuff going on lately, man. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when you're an archaeologist <laughs> right. in St. Augustine. That's got to wow. be one of the coolest parts about your job is there's something new all the time, it, right? Uh, it really is. Like, boom, there's a shipwreck in Daytona Beach. We got to go down there and check it out. <laughs> right. Or boom, there's a boat wreck under the King Street stoplight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk to me about this. 
How did they find out about this? How did you find out about this? How did you get involved? Well, I, I I had a phone call first. Okay. I knew about it. I'd seen the uh, you know I'd seen the construction going on at, sure. at the bridge, right? Yeah. So for uh, for quite a while, uh, I got a call from our former archaeologist Sam Turner, who works for a company called Search. Okay. okay. Uh, Search had the contract with the DOT uh, to monitor. Uh, this construction project, because if there's federal dollars being spent, uh, you have to ha- make sure there's at least some kind of archaeology, mm-hmm. uh, an archaeologist oh. involved just in case some discovery is found. And sure enough, it paid off this time. Yeah. So he told me they, you know, the backhoe had been down digging this trench. So this is for a drainage pipe, right? Right, there, right. Know, we all, all know St. Augustine floods. This is well, we huge. love talking drainage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. This could be the most interesting drainage conversation. <laughs> right. I think it will be. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're laying in this culvert and the culvert just stops because lo and behold, there's wooden timbers that this, uh, this backhoe's, you know, wow. going through right. the dirt. Right. And fortunately, Sam... He's a maritime archaeologist. He used to work with Lamp at the lighthouse. Uh-huh. Right. And so he recognizes uh, that's a boat. And he s- stops everything immediately, goes down with a trowel. They dig a little bit and there's they can. It, it's a boat. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so they called and asked, like, uh, you know, if, if, is there any way that the lighthouse could uh, store the boat? Because the boat has to come out. Oh, wow. Like this okay. drainage pipe, it, you can't move it around it. Right. There's only right. one place for it to go, and this is a treasure. Uh, you know, this is yeah. a wooden boat, completely intact from St. Augustine's waterfront. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the kind of thing maritime archaeologists live for. You know? Right. Well, Chuck, right. I have to ask a dopey question: Like, how does a boat get buried like that? Like, why there? Ah, that's Ooh. a great question. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, you know, if you have the eye of an archaeologist or a historian. You'll you'll see things are different now than they used to be. So now you know you stand uh, on say where where the old uh, slave market is. Yeah, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. a controversy that no, you know, right. didn't necessarily know sell too. Yeah, many, it is what it is. Land point. Uh, but uh, so if you're there on the plaza and you're looking out the water, that's the waterfront that we see. We see the seawall and the water, and there's boats on the other side. Right. And you think that's St. Augustine's waterfront. Well, if you were on that exact same spot and you went back in time a mm. few hundred years, totally different. Mm. So there used to be a boat basin, so the waterfront was a lot closer oh, okay, uh, sure. uh, to the plaza at that point. There was a boat basin where you, uh, you know, the St. Augustine boat, just like the city marina is now. It's where you would uh, tie up your boat. So it was a little bit sheltered. Uh, okay. So you'd, you'd pull your boat in. That's where the Ponce de Leon statue is, right by mm-hmm. the plaza. Oh my gosh. So the water used to come up all that way. Oh, and so why would it flood? Uh, well, <laughs> that's basically reclaimed land. They did it in New York and Boston, yeah, San yeah. Francisco, any city on the water. At some point, they're like, well, build a seawall out there and then bring in a bunch of fill, uh, dirt, right. and fill that up. And now we have more land to walk around on or right. to build yeah, a road yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. So you can, you have, yeah, you can build the bridge and have the road going to it. So what happened is this boat wrecked. And it's a you know it's twenty foot long, so it's not a ship really. I didn't it's, realize it's a, it was that long. Yeah, it's pretty, realize, it's pretty sizable boat. Okay. Yeah, it was a sailing vessel uh, and uh, you know flat bottomed, uh, real simple uh, kind of uh, boat that you expect to see. We see them in uh, pictures or paintings uh, from old Saint Augustine, but this is the only one that we know wow. of that's directly you know it's it, it was right here at the wharf you know Whoa. at the waterfront yeah. so it wrecked at some point uh then there's always city projects so at some point somebody put 
uh, palm log pilings right through it. So if you look at pictures of it, you'll see these big, it's like trees growing out of it. Uh, really? that, that, that was either a pier or it may have been uh, footers for the old trolley station. Oh. Uh, you know, they had the trolley oh. station there and then the first bridge was for the trolleys to go back and forth to okay. the other one. Uh, so they didn't even know the boat was there in the, maybe the eight, the late, 1800s or the early could have been 1920s or you know when they built the bridge of lions they used palm log uh, footers mm-hmm. they just stuck them down like pilings and then they built right on top of that okay so when they pulled out the old bridge they pulled out these old palm logs you know right. that had done the job for right. you know a, you know Ooh. 100 years you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah glad yeah. they got those out when they did Sturdy. though so this thing wrecked and then they brought in a bunch of fill brought in a bunch of dirt and made land over it and that's Ooh. why you have a boat wreck that is seemingly under dry land. Wow. And you said it's in really good condition, right? It's in great condition. You know, if it's Jeez. under the water tape, you know, this wrecked in the water, got covered in mud, had a, you know, had the palm logs go right through it. So yeah. there's two uh, palm trees going right through it. Uh, but otherwise, it's all there. Like, you, you know, the side planks are a little rotted, uh, you know, probably where they used to stick up above the mud when the thing got mar- uh-huh. uh, buried. But the whole bottom is there. So you you know it's it's like you know pointed at the bow just like you expect it goes all the way back and maybe we're missing just the last foot or 6 inches before the stern would have been there. So we're missing the stern. Gotcha. But it's all, virtually all there. It looks like a boat. When you, wow. uh, it's a shame they couldn't let people come up and look down in the hole. But of course, it was an active construction site. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Man, when you first time I looked down in that hole, I, I, there it is. Like, oh, wow, that's a boat. <laughs> so what are you looking for when you first show up? On a scene like that, identifying marks, trying to figure out well, how old it is. What are you looking for? Uh, yeah, so any clue like that, uh, I, I mean, you know, the boat itself, I, I guess, uh, you know, you, you have either artifacts that might be associated with it, mm-hmm. and then you have the hull itself. Mm. Uh, so uh, the hull, uh, anything that tells us, uh, you know, in, anything about the shipwrights and how they built this thing. So we're looking for tool marks. We're looking at how it's constructed. Uh, you know, those are those are things of interest to us. Uh, the artifacts, uh, in this case, you, you know, because there's all those fill on top, the artifacts could have come from a different place, right? A different, you know, so we found, oh, okay. uh, they, uh, they did find, uh, and, and I came, you know, Search was running the project, but I was very lucky they invited me to come help, and I ended up uh, working with them for four days. So I, I was a part of the Search Well, you're the uh, man, team. the myth, the legend. They yeah, know. That's yeah. right. Get him on. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I've, I've, I'm, you know, there's not too many people that have actually taken a boat apart piece by piece. Right, right. right. So I, right. I fit the bill. I, it was really, uh, it was helpful for the project that I was there, and it was really uh, a lot of pressure to get this thing out. Yeah, talk uh, about right. that. Oh, yeah. 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 Nights so, of lights. I mean, I can only right. see, like, everyone's sweating. You got to be finished with this. Hurry up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the DOT, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's millions of dollars going into this thing. And, it, and, and you know, I know everybody is, is sick of dealing with traffic and taking the detour. And so, but then it's also, it's not just that. It was Mother Nature. Mm. Uh, if you right. remember, there was a storm uh, that uh, uh, Wednesday night. I think, and it was like just it rained. Oh, the buckets. big rain! That's right, the big yeah. rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. we were up against the big deadline, oh, but the big rain. Man. And it, and if we had not gotten it out, out of the ground, like the whole hole would have filled in with mud and water, and we'd have to start oh. from scratch. So Do you have we, to go under it to be able to get it out. Like so, it, you have to take it apart piece by piece. So okay. it's not like you can get a thing under it and lift the whole thing out. Okay. okay. I mean, again, you know, maybe you could do that if you had like a month to plan. Oh yeah, true. Uh, but we didn't have that, right? Okay. I mean, even the trip to home. 
Home Depot would Home Depot would set us back like four hours, you know, <laughs> yeah. two, two, three hours Absolutely. with traffic, right? Yeah. So it's like we had to do anything we could, any lumber on hand at the construction site, and the construction guys were great. They they were getting to you know hang out and watch us in the hole. They they were having a pretty relaxed few days, I think. But they <laughs> they were uh, you know building uh, like a stretcher out of wood for us because we'd we'd have to get the first plank out and put it on this wooden stretcher and make sure it was tagged. Yeah. So we knew right. you know what How to put what timber. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Right. You want the tags wow. in place, and uh, and then we'd have to lift this long thing up high and out of the hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was cr- quite an operation. Every plank was like you know slightly different. You didn't want you know they're all it's all very fragile. Uh, even though it's in pretty good condition, it is still waterlogged wood. So if you're not careful, you could break it. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to kind of wiggle the plank mm-hmm. and get this uh, you know. And so we'd have one team like on the play like here next plank's got to come out. And so they'd be kind of wiggling and getting this thing out. And then I, uh, typically I would help make sure there's a whole crew topside that are cataloging everything. They're right down uh you know what plank and i made sure they knew that what tag was what and mm-hmm. sometimes you know if a piece did break then it need another tag so i'd be up like hey you need to uh, you know this tag here goes with this timber and this timber this is uh goes with this tag and you need to write this and this and this and boom i was back in the so it's hole. not the end of the world if something breaks because that's what's going uh, on in my no head. actually because you can put it back together okay okay uh you, you know it, it, it's in good enough shape that the uh, breaks were relatively uh rare so that's nice okay that's good uh, there were Two uh, two planks were twenty feet long, and we actually had uh, we didn't have the time to figure out how to get them out in one piece. So we had we cut them actually, oh, wow. uh, and and you know there's there's ribs right there's frames. Mm-hmm. So we cut this bottom plank <clears throat> right under where a rib was. So if it ever uh, hopefully uh, it'll go back together uh, one day and be on display. Uh, but we so we did that cut in, nice. in a way that you never even know it was there. And then the, at the very end. Uh, this is this was crazy. Uh, at the, we got every plank out, and then we get to the keel, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and the keel has a centerboard trunk. So a centerboard is this big wooden slab that pivoted down below the boat if they were in deep water, so they could sail effectively in deep water. Okay. And if they're in shallow water, they can pull it up oh. uh, so that they won't run aground on it. Okay. Uh, so that was and that was an important part of a sailing vessel if you were in an estuary area like like we are, where you have a lot of shallows, you yeah, know, yeah. shoals to get over. Sure. Well, the trunk is a, basically a waterproof box that's built on top of the keel because you have a, a hole on the bottom of your boat. You have a slot uh, mm-hmm. for this thing to fit through. And if you don't have a, a box around it, then water will just fill your right. boat. Yeah. 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 So this thing is solidly built. We get to this this keel plank and it's got this box on it. And we're like, how the heck are we going to get this thing? Really? So yeah. we were like, well, let's just go to the other side and get the planks on that side. So we put that off, that problem off until the very end. And then we're left with this one 20 foot long <laughs> plank yeah and we're like okay now how to, and again if we had a week to yeah. figure it out we could we could take it apart but we don't have that much time at right. all no, you so have days, right so yeah. i'm like look it has to come out in one piece you know it's just it's got to i know we we didn't think we had time to deal with a 20 foot long plank and that's why we cut the other one in half uh-huh. but uh you know and and then sam agreed with me uh, uh with sam with search you know yeah. it's like well if we ever are going to put this boat back together you can't cut the keel in half that's like the the strength mm, of the whole boat, right? You know? Yeah, it's like the spinal cord. So yeah. we, it was all hands on deck. So we pulled in all, you know, we got all the archaeologists who were cataloging. Like, grab a trowel and get down. You all know, right. it's time okay. to get dirty. Muscle it's time. A, oh yeah. So well, first <laughs> it's like first we had to dig the whole thing out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then it was muscle time. Yeah. <laughs> and then and we needed more 
people. So all the construction workers are like, okay, you guys really? are working on this. Really? They got in on this too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we had, I mean, we must have had 20, 25 people between the archaeologists and the construction guys. Wow. And we, uh, you know, first we had rigged a, a, a longer uh, stretcher for mm-hmm. it, right? A longer platform. We, you know, with all of us down in the hall, we could lift it up. And it was heavy, but not, you know, nothing we couldn't handle. We got it onto uh, that platform. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, half the guys back up out of the hole and we lift this thing up and we had uh, one of our volunteers is really tall uh, so he was in the back of the ladder holding it holding it uh, not ladder of the platform holding yeah, it up yeah. uh, and then as soon as you passed it uh, forward enough the guy in the back could let go because people are taking it up front sure. and then they'd run up the, the back ladder we had a, a way to get out of the hole in the back and then they'd run around and they could help but <laughs> well, they were doing double duty yeah oh yeah and, th- and I mean by this time it's getting dark uh, the rain the first raindrops are coming uh-huh. uh, you know some of the uh, the the workers there were like, hey, you know, it's uh, it's like half an hour till seven o'clock, and yeah. they, we usually shut down at seven. We're like, well, look, we have to keep working until. I mean, it was long days, you know, seven in the yeah. morning till seven in the evening, and we were prepared if we had to be there until night. We we were gonna ha- just have to do it. But man, we got that plank out, that last assembly of timbers out with like. I mean, you know, 10 minutes before seven o'clock. It was crazy. Wow. Oh, it was, it was, uh, you what know, a moment of relief for you. I can see, right? There yeah. was a lot of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is bad. It's, uh, I guess sometimes archaeology gets emotional, but, Absolutely. uh, you know, we, uh, there was so much pressure to get this thing out. And then of course you feel pressure as an archaeologist to, to do the best job you can and to record everything. But, but it, th- you know, this was not research archaeology where we made a discovery and we have all the time we need to, to go and do it properly right. and slowly and carefully and meticulous like this is like it's got to get out right and that rain came that right. night so it was you know sometimes tempers would flare right. among the archaeologists sure, and, then, sure. and then everyone would love each other <laughs> like okay <laughs> right. no no it's just it's, it's so stressful because you're like, a team oh, you're all working towards the same mission definitely yeah definitely and it and that and and you know we had we had to save this boat but we were under so much pressure it had to be done so fast it also was kind of endangering the boat and fortunately at uh, at the lighthouse we have a vat that's 20 feet long mm-hmm. so because you have to once you pull it out of the ground right. it's, it's it stays wet there in this wet muddy hole it has to stay wet uh, where you put it and there wasn't a good place oh, to put really? it that was what the first phone call was about it was like hey do you think you guys can make room in the big vat uh, to store these boat timbers. Mm. And uh, after talking with our executive director and our uh, curator, uh, you know, we were like, yeah, we can, we can save this. That's awesome. Because what those will become deformed if they're not in oh, the gosh. same kind if of condition. Have, that, so waterlogged wood, yeah. uh, if, uh, archaeological wood, you know, it, it can, it, it looks like it's in great shape. Like you can see tool marks on it. You can, you know, it's, it's, it's form is still there, but the cellulose has all been leached out into the salt water. So the strength mm. of the rigidity of the wood, is gone. So if you okay. really took a plank, it, you could you could probably break it pretty easily. Oh, right. Yeah. And now if it, it, when when the water dries out of it, so the water is actually supporting the cell wall because that cellulose is gone. Mm-hmm. When the water dries out of it, the cells it, themselves will start to shrink, and the wood will crack and crumble, and it can crumble into dust. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Jeez. we did uh, as an experiment before we had a. Uh, trunnel, which is like a wooden dowel. They use kind of like a nail, tree nail is uh-huh. what trunnel is. Huh. So this is from years ago, but we took a, 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 you know, basically a dowel of wood from a shipwreck that was maybe this long and let it dry out. And that thing shrunk. 
Like it was dramatic. Wow. wow. So, so you wouldn't be able to piece this thing back together. Oh, it would just if it be frag- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You, yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't even be able to study it. You wouldn't, you know, we, we're still, uh, we are still excited about, you know, being able to pull one plank out of the uh, vat at a time mm-hmm. and, so we can keep them wet, you know, and, right. and take, make drawings and measurements and, you know, do, do our thing yeah. so that we can reverse engineer how this boat was built uh, just as, as, as completely as we possibly can. Uh, so, so what's a long-term goal then for something like that to get it built, rebuilt? Well, another good question. You're on it today. So man. Here's, here's the uh, <laughs> you haven't said any of my questions for good questions. Chuck. <laughs> I mean, you need to maybe ask some better questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he fits right in here, folks. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the problem with this, so I explain why we have to keep it wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that means we can't just put it back together and let it dry out and put it on display. It, it, it will be destroyed if we do that. So you have mm. to treat it. Uh, so what we call archaeological conservation, you have, there, there are, are chemical, uh, you know, we'll clean it all very good. And there's chemicals that we'll use, uh, to infuse the wood, uh, to, to bulk that wood. So it is strong enough to be slowly air dried and can oh. retain its form and original look. Cool. And that, uh, it is cool, except. It's really expensive process. Oh, I mean, mm. this could take uh, 10 years or more. Of, really? Uh, oh, yeah. For a boat this size and all these pieces, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the expense, uh, you know, the, the polyethylene glycol, that's the chemical that's used. It's uh, uh, petroleum uh, uh, related. So it's, it gets mm, expensive. Sure. Uh, it's only going to get more expensive. Well, uh, yeah. And yeah. The, uh, so the estimate right now is one to one and a half million dollars. Whoa. Wow. So that's a big price tag right mm-hmm. so either we can now i i would think uh there were so many people who were captivated by the story who who saw it on the news and who got really excited mm-hmm. uh i would think there could be a lot of support for uh uh you know talking to the uh state uh uh, uh they have they have a conservation lab capable of doing this now we at the lighthouse we have a conservation lab but really we don't we we can't handle anything this big i right, mean 20 right, feet right. long we uh uh, you know, you ha- you have to basically heat. It has to be in a vat with the chemical, and you have to. It's like a wax, and you have to heat it. Uh, mm. So it's not an easy process. But I think there's. I think there would be enough support. People could write uh, their senators and their Congress people and uh, say, "Look, this is worth saving." And if there was a political will, uh, then the boat could potentially uh, be saved. I mean, it's uh, history. It's unique history. I yeah. mean, it is a, a tangible thing that you can look at, you can reach out and touch that was a part of everyday working life in St. Augustine for centuries. I mean, we, we think this dates to the 1800s, mm. uh, oh. but this is the only boat uh, that is directly associated with St. Augustine, with the, the, the working waterfront of St. Augustine that exists anywhere. Wow. Uh, so That's it's, it's really unique. And, you know, we have drawings and paintings, but this is the real thing. Right. Uh, so it's worth saving, certainly. Yeah. And, and now if, uh, so the biggest question is, can the money be found to preserve it? Uh, and then the next question would be, well, where do we put it on display? And and certainly, at, uh, you know, we're at uh, St. Augustine's Maritime Museum, mm-hmm. uh, the St. Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum. Yeah. Uh, we'd be a great place to put it on display. Of course, uh, that's where it, it is. It could be the city, uh, you know, the city visitor center or something. You know, I I, I just want it to be saved and, yeah. and to be on display because I think I think people will flock to it. I 100%. mean, I think it'll be really amazing to see. Uh, 
but it's a big question. You know, yeah. we, we're really limited in space uh, at the mm-hmm. lighthouse. So, so, so there's a, uh, you know, I guess the only good thing is even if the money was here tomorrow to conserve it, you'd have probably 10 years to figure out <laughs> where, where yeah. it needs to go. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, if, the money can't be found. And sometimes it just can't be found. You know, that's why a lot of times archaeologists make a discovery like this. And we're just like, just leave it there. You know, we'll record it. We'll take drawings of it. Uh, and if it's not going to be destroyed because the pipeline has to go through it. I mean, if you can put the pipeline around it nine times out of 10, we leave it there oh, and wow. it gets mm. buried again. And it'll last another thousand years, 3000, you know, we have wooden shipwrecks that have wood surviving on them from 3000 years ago. Wow. Okay. So it, it'll, it'll usually, if it's in the water table, that's usually the safest place for it. But in this case, it had to come up. So if we can't get the money to preserve it and put it on display, the next best thing to do would be find a place where we could bury it somewhere under the water. Oh, that'd be so uh, sad. Right. Maybe oh, Lake wow. Maria Sanchez. Yeah, because right. mm-hmm. that's, that's city property and this sure. is city property, but somewhere where it would be safe, uh, hopefully from, uh, you know, storm action or something like that. Right, if right. you knew it was it, it, somewhere muddy and wet, you could just bury those planks, keep the labels on them. And who cool. knows, in a hundred years, it might be uh, way less expensive to yeah. preserve something like that. And the city archaeologist might go back and dig it up and put it together. And that could be something to do on the giant. Uh, Six hundred anniversary. Right, right. Same thing, everybody. This is cool. Wow. Yeah, because you wonder if you have to bury it again. When are they even gonna? They're not going to put it on a timeline. They're not going to put it on a schedule to dig it back up well, and try and preserve it again. And we're all going to be long gone by the time well, that happens. Well, that's the thing. But at least it would still be there. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah, where yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about archaeology is when we bring up artifacts, the idea that we're learning a lot from them now. But if those artifacts are still accessible in the future, mm. uh, you know, A, accessible to people to come look at them because they want to learn from them mm-hmm. uh, for educational purposes and people, you know, going to museums to see them. Uh, but but B, uh, it, you want them accessible for future scholars uh, because there will be new techniques. Well, like, think of radiocarbon dating. Mm. Uh, you know, now you can take a little piece of this wood and you can, act, you, know, you and I'm sure we may do something like this to try to date it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, tell from, uh, you know, nuclear physics, things I don't understand. Uh, you can tell how old it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, before that was invented, before that was, uh, that process was discovered, archaeologists would have never dreamed that was something you Sure, a hundred years if, ago. If they had was... old charcoal they had dug up from an archaeological site, well, they might have thrown it out or something. And it sure. turns out wow. like that could be super precious. You Absolutely. can date that. Uh, so, uh, so who knows? You have know? you ever buried anything in your career? Uh, have you ever like didn't get the funding and then you had to do something uh, like that? Not pr- probably not on this uh, scale, but certain we we have. Yes, okay. uh, I would say. In fact, a good example at uh, at the uh, the lighthouse, uh, we have uh, the, our main shipwreck exhibit is on uh, what we call the storm wreck. So that's a 1782 shipwreck. We, ha- I mean, you go down into the basement of the keeper's house. Uh, it's a mate. Have you guys been there? Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. 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 Creepiest part of the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see. I don't know. Maybe it's creepier because you have these shipwreck <laughs> artifacts from a ship that, you know, lives could have been lost. Right. At. Right. Uh, but, you know, we have the ship's bell. We have cannons. We have muskets down there. In fact, that's new. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen that. We've finished conserving the muskets. Years. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's worth coming and seeing these okay. two. The, the, uh, we, we found three muskets on the shipwreck and two of them were loaded. Wow. Uh, oh, was awesome. Really? Was awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, they... Because they're wood, and the whole wooden stock is there. Uh, like 95% oh, of these 
these muskets survived. Uh, and they, uh, and, 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 and now you can come, uh, see them. But, uh, but my uh, point was, hmm. uh, all of the artifacts we brought up, uh, you know, usually they're encased in concretion. So when we brought up the muskets, they were, it looked like someone had poured wet cement over a oh, musket, gotcha. right? So it's all lumpy and bumpy and there's shells stuck to it. And yeah. sometimes, you know, with the musket, we could tell, like, that's a musket. Right. I yeah, just found yeah, a musket. Yeah. You know what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah that, even underwater, uh, it was black when I found the first musket. You uh, couldn't see it, but I fe- I'm like, oh, it's long and skinny. And then I felt mm-hmm. a trigger guard. I'm like, well, oh, there it is. You know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but so we also have things we don't know what they are, just big lumpy blobs. And we'll X-ray them and you can X-ray them and be like, oh, there's a pistol in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Or you might X-ray them and be like, oh, there's 10,000 nails in there. Uh, right, right, we right. do not need to spend all of the thousands of dollars of... Getting a bunch uh, of nails. Yeah, getting a bunch yeah. of nails. Right. So we will uh, we'll we'll catalog everything. We'll prioritize which ones should be conserved first. Which ones uh, you know have a schedule so because we want to put cool things on display that kind of thing. And then we'll also uh, make decisions like, well, this one uh, it would be so expensive to conserve it, and we already have so you know we already have thousands of nails. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We can put this one back, and so we'll take it back out to the ocean. Uh, to the site of this, the exact same site it came from, we'll dig a hole in the exact same spot that it came from and we'll rebury it. Uh, so that's a good example of us uh, putting uh, uh, shipwreck artifacts back mm-hmm. uh, because you can't, you know, I, I, right. you know, it'd be great if the governor said, Chuck, you need to have a $10 million budget every year so you can dig up everything. <laughs> yeah, That'd yeah, be yeah. fantastic. Unfortunately, <laughs> not the governor's top priority. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so strangely. <laughs> right. I don't know why it's not, but I have to imagine they're not having daily meetings on shipwrecks. Yeah, you think there. that they yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, we have yeah. daily meetings. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, this is pretty cool, man. Yeah. This is, uh, so so uh, preserving it, uh, it, putting it on display—that's going to be a heck of a process. I mean, you uh, guys are—you guys are just really looking to start that. We need yeah. the money for and, that. And of course, yeah. there's a lot of, of, of uh, you know different groups involved. You know, the DOT uh, was in charge of the project, so we might be able to try to hit them up for money. But they're hey. already—they're already saying, "Oh, we don't have the budget to conserve." No, they're, they're lying. They've got roads. a ton of money, Chuck. <laughs> they got a ton of money. Do you see what it costs to build a road? I Come mean, on. roads are expensive, but I guess we still need to drive on them. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so they true. Need to true, spend some true. of that money on that. True. Uh, then, of course, Search was the uh, the the company that was involved, and we're we're really uh, uh, good friends with Search. Uh, you know, of course, some of our uh, archaeologists work there now, uh, and 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 so they're a good partner. Uh, the city actually, technically, the city owns the boat, okay, uh, because the the boat was abandoned on uh, what is city property. Which that that's a, a strange aside, but. Uh, most in most places, the uh, the waterfront, uh, you know, the 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 water, the navigable water, is, belongs to the state. But in Saint Augustine, it belongs to the city. It's oh, called wow. the city bottomlands. Huh. So, uh, and the reason of that is because of the Spanish king. So the king of Spain decreed, like, oh, the, I will give to the city the uh, rights to the bottom uh, of Saint Augustine. Interesting. Uh, and so that here, when we became a, a state and went from Spanish control to uh, uh, USA, yeah. uh, kept those rights. That, that that got grandfathered in. So okay. the wow, city, look at uh, that. He did something. Nice. Uh, well, you know, yeah, no, it's an interesting little uh, little cool tidbit trip. of history. Uh, so regardless, and of course now this is on land, that city land, uh, it, you know, right. because it's been reclaimed. Right. So the city uh, owns it. Uh, then, of course, we're, we're the Maritime Museum uh, in, you know, we're the most prominent Maritime Museum, uh, and we have a lot of expertise in this. Uh, the state is probably where it most likely it would end up being conserved. Uh, there, are, there are some other uh, places. There's a laboratory 
laboratory in Maryland that mm. might be able to handle this. There's uh, one at Texas A&M University. In fact, they, they have a 50-foot-long freeze dryer. Uh, that they Oh, it's amazing. Uh, it was a shipwreck I worked on in Texas, actually, back in the 90s. Uh, La Belle, 1686. This was La Salle's wow. ship, the French explorer. Wow. Uh, that, we, we brought that up piece by piece. So that's where I learned, and that was a 50-foot-long uh, ocean-going sailing ship sailed from France. Uh, Something before. tells me you had a lot more time, though, to pull that one up. Yeah, yeah, time, probably, there was yeah. some pressure on that one, but it wasn't like, okay, it's got to be done by Tuesday. Right? <laughs> so uh, we did, that, you know, it was interesting. The pressure on that one is that, like, whenever we had a rain day and we couldn't work, I remember the project director said, yeah, it costs about $30,000, $40,000 a day with everybody's salary and right. all the, the fuel we're spending on the diesel engines to keep the, because that, that ship had a coffer dam around it. It's kind of like this one. It was a, in a hole in the ground, but this hole was in the bay. This yep. was out in the water in the Gulf of Mexico, and they built this huge double-walled steel cofferdam around it and drained it down. So we would drive an hour out on our boat and then tie up and uh, walk onto this big platform and walk down the stairs, and there was a bottom of the ocean, just like Moses had parted the seas. Wow. Uh, so there, the first day we we drained it, there were like fish flopping around. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ooh, so that sounds uh, like an experience, man. Uh, that was that was the one that made me as an archaeologist. You know, that's one of the, <laughs> the most that's amazing, amazing projects. Yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you, you think uh, you know, as an archaeologist, you, you know, after that project, uh, and this was ninety, I was like twenty five or something. This was uh, ninety five, and then we they built the coffin in. 96, 97, I was like, oh, I'm never going to, I've peaked. Right. I'm never going to find a site this exciting ever again. And I come to St. Augustine and we just keep making these great rich discoveries. With it. So, so it, like, it just keeps it. happening. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. That it's is fantastic. Great place to be an archaeologist. St. Right. Augustine. Well, yeah. Chuck, it's, it sounds like you just have so much fun with your job. Sounds like you're loving it, man. Um, so happy to hear that. And, and what a cool discovery. Yeah. And I'm sure it's obviously not the last cool discover, discovery you're going to get to come across. I, I, at this point now, I just know more, more, more are coming. So yeah. you, you never yeah, know, man. You never know. So fantastic. Chuck, it's always fun to talk to you, man. How can people uh, get in touch with you guys down there at the museum? If they want to check out some of the stuff you guys do have on well, display. Uh, the, it's, it, it, if you have never visited the St. Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum, uh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, you're not uh, even a real local. What are you doing? Yeah, right. You gotta be there. You have to check it out. Uh, I mean, really. You know, we have. You know, everyone knows. Oh, the lighthouse. It's an attraction. You climb the tower. You get the view. But man, we are so much more than an attraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know. I mean, I, you True. know. I'm sitting here. We have a research program. Yeah. Right. Uh, with uh, right now, we have what we have uh, six archaeologists on staff. Uh, so we are out there making these discoveries, bringing this stuff back, conserving it in our laboratory, so that people can see it. Now, I, I should point out, you can't see the boat timbers right now. They right. have to be stored safe in a vat, and we have to keep the lid on to keep light out of there. And even if we open the lid up, it, you can't you can't really see them that well. They're, right, right, they're right, in the water. Okay. But there's so much other great archaeology yeah. you can see at the lighthouse, plus all the history and everything else uh, that's going on there. Uh, and the have, ghosts. We have the Illuminations. Hey, right, hey, right, right, that's right. So Illuminations <laughs> is a great program where you can come and see all these Christmas trees uh, at night. And, yeah. uh, and they man, they deck the halls at Absolutely. the lighthouse. So and they can also is, see some of the stuff we've talked about. Uh, oh, definitely. Well. Oh, Some yeah, of the, the stuff ship, that's yeah. on display. Oh, yeah. yeah, the ship's bell, the cannons, the muskets. Uh, you got to come see the muskets. I mean, they are so... And they were loaded. 
So yeah. we x-rayed yeah. this musket in there, and then, and, and not even loaded with ju- just a musket ball. That would have been too boring for right. us. Right. So uh, buck and ball. So we x-rayed this musket, and there is a, a musket ball and three extra buckshot. Get out! Just so that when you fired that thing, you just have a little extra chance right. of hurting more than one wow. and, and more than one guy. And then the other musket was loaded with bird shot. So just tiny lead pellets wrapped mm-hmm. up in paper. The paper was preserved, by oh, the way. Really? Uh, oh, this, uh, these things were amazing. So you see it in the x-ray. It's just like a big wad of lead shot. Uh, and then when when the uh, muskets were taken apart, there it was, and it's still with the paper fragments, and cool. uh, there were leather fragments on the uh, on the flintlock. You know, you have a, a a piece of flint right on a hammer that you right, know, that's right. what makes a spark. Well, you don't want your flint to to shatter, so you have a little shock absorber. There's like a little piece of leather around it where the jaws clamp down mm-hmm. on it and hold it. So uh, I mean, geez, we the shipwrecks. Uh, you know, just like on the on the boat wreck at King Street, uh, there were sh- pieces of shoes. I, I, I never talked about some of the artifacts. But yeah. we some coins that were uh, dated to one was 1859 uh, one was either 1838 or 1888 it was hard to read in the field uh, there were pieces of shoes cool. uh, leather preserved so that's the great thing about uh, you know wet site archaeology you know shipwrecks that are underwater or in this case underground but under the water table so they're still uh, wet yeah. I mean everything can be preserved that's and so of course cool. you can come see it all that is the awesome. St. Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum love it love it <laughs> Chuck Mead thank you so much for coming in again, man. What oh, a great a story. Yeah, yeah, always a lot of fun, man. Appreciate your time and uh, let us know when there's an, another big discovery. We'd love to have you back in. Sure thing. Yeah, no, it, awesome. it's it's, uh, it's, it's uh, really fun. You could work on your questions some. But. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Actually, never mind, Chuck. Invitation, invitation revoked, sir. So we'll bring in a different archaeologist next time. Thank you for your last appearance, Chuck. <laughs> always great to talk to you, man. Uh, you guys always are great awesome. to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, man. I love people who have fun doing what they do. You just you see know? the inspiration in his eyes. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah man. It's so much great. fun. Great story. Um, hey, speaking of great stories, our friends at Old Town Trolley. You can sit back and relax as Old Town Trolley's licensed and talented tour conductors share over 500 years of St. Augustine's history, culture, and old world charm while you experience unforgettable views aboard their open air trolleys. Guests going to enjoy the city's European flavor, the brick line streets, and the sites such as the Castillo de San Marcos, the Fountain of Youth, Henry Flagler's former Ponce de Leon Hotel, and many more. 90-minute tour, 22 stops, covers more than 100 points of interest, and you can use your ticket all day for on and off reboarding, too. You can hop off, go get some lunch, go do your thing on St. George Street or whatever, and then come back and hop on another trolley. Smart. Yep. Um... Great folks down there at Old Town Trolley. We uh, appreciate what they do, not only for folks who want to see the town, but uh, for our local community as well. Very involved locally. Now, Old Town Trolley, they're the green trains. And speaking of being involved locally, All American Air for 44 years, they have been serving St. Augustine and its surrounding counties. Uh, their areas of expertise include warranty and non-warranty service work on all makes and models of AC units, preventative maintenance service agreements, new construction installations, and equipment replacement with high-efficiency systems. From the most efficient Lennox home systems to the iComfort Ultra Smart Thermostat, All American Air has the latest and greatest in all of your HVAC products. Check them out today at 904 610070. And of course, our great friends at Bin 39, that unique little wine bar right there on the Orange Street side of St. George Street. 
Great little place, kind of tucked away in the cut there. So you're not so in the perfect. busy traffic right. of St. George Street. You're not hearing all that. Right. It's just a nice little place to hide away, have a few uh, glasses of wine, and really enjoy your time out there. Uh, Irving, an extreme wine connoisseur. Yes, I mean, sir. this guy knows everything from front to back about every single wine that's in his shop and most wines in the world. Absolutely. Really. Yep. He obsesses over that stuff. And what that means for you is you'll probably find your new favorite wine out there. You're going to find something that you absolutely love, something your palate has never experienced before. Uh, you're going to have an amazing time out there, especially if you are a big wine fan uh, like Irving himself. Give him a call and get on one of those wine tasting lists, by the way. 904-827-5740. All right, man, we are running out of time, but we got horoscopes. All right. We can't skip these on a Wednesday. Great. Let's get some music playing and knock this out. <laughs> Scorpio. Ah, Scorpio, your suspicious nature will be in full force this week. You'll find yourself questioning everybody's motives. Your horoscope never changes, Dave. I feel like it's a... Yeah. <laughs> Even those closest to you. Mm. While it's essential to be cautious, your paranoia may push people away. It's time to learn to trust others and give them the benefit of the doubt. Trust yourself. Also good advice. <laughs> Sagittarius, brace yourself for another week of unrealistic optimism. Oh, that's sad. Nah. Your tendency to overlook details and jump headfirst into things will lead to nothing but disappointment. Nothing, nothing. but disappointment. While your enthusiasm is admirable, hmm. it's time to face reality and start considering the consequences of your actions. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's always a good thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Davey, tell us what we got coming up, man. Okay, uh, quick events. We've got Shut Up and Run 5K coming up. Uh, this is Thursday, November 28th, 6.30 a.m. over at uh, Treaty Park. This is uh, benefiting St. Francis House in Port in the Storm. We love them. This is the race that everybody knows in town with the long sleeve shirts. Oh. So, yeah, it's a good one to go to. And check that out. And I believe this is... Uh, yeah, like I said, Thursday, November 28th. So that's a good one to mark that oh, off. Nope. Also, the 42nd annual Holiday Regatta of Lights hosted by St. Oh, Augustine yeah. Yacht Club. That's coming up too. Save this the is dates. great. Yeah, Saturday, December 9th at 6 o'clock p.m. downtown on the Bayfront. Don't miss this moment. It's really super cool. And if you have boats out there that you want to participate, uh, give them a shout at uh, St. Augustine Yacht Club and get some more information. All right. Yeah. Good deal. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, with that said, I will tell you about our friends at Panache. Hey. They're going to make you feel special. Since 1987, Panache opened its doors to be a cut above the rest. Their mission at Panache is to care for their team, their guests, and our community from scalp to soul and bring joy to the world one service at a time. They really pride themselves on doing that. They're amazing. Their carefully chosen and highly tr trained staff is here to exceed your expectations. The same goes for their elegant salon space. They're dedicated to guest comfort and devoted, devoted to innovation and artistry. They're focused on making your day and continually raising the bar. They're also proud to align with Aveda's mission of ethical and sustainable business practices and their high fashion aesthetic. Get posh and go to getpanache.com. And go to the United Way of St. John's County. They are a champion for our community. Together, they create opportunities, foster education, and improve the lives of those in need, from empowering children to succeed in school to providing vital resources for families in crisis. The United Way of St. John's County is at the forefront of change by investing in education, health, and financial stability. They're building a stronger, more resilient community for all. Check them out today at unitedway-sjc.org. 
All right, man. Uh, I think that's all the time we got for today. Yeah, good. Great talk with Chuck. So Always fun. fun having yes. him in the studio. Too bad it was his last time coming by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for wrangling the show up today, Davey. Thank you for Clay for pressing all the buttons and you guys out there for watching, of course. Uh, we will talk to you in the morning. Have Bye, a great everybody. day.